Hello and welcome to the Joshua Greeny Podcast. Today's guest is a former coworker of mine. I initially met him at FedEx, but we also both worked at DHL around the same time. Um, he was actually one of the people that recommended the job. Um, I don't want to put down FedEx, but DHL was definitely a better experience, for, especially for night shifts. So welcome to the podcast. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. You've got a- yeah, my name's Chris. Everybody calls me Tiny. And I'm going to step in and say that FedEx was garbage. <laughs> DHL was a lot better. They paid better better quality. I'm sorry. They paid better money. Their services were better. Everything was better about DHL as far Mm -hmm. as I can remember. The management was not not half bad. Anything from the FedEx experience we had, and we'll keep keep the the location private, but at the time that we were working there, oh, my goodness. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. They expected way entirely too much. Now, would you agree that the first tier management wasn't too bad? It was those next layers of management. What do you mean, like Mike? Mike, Mike. Do you remember ball-headed Mike? Yeah, dude, I remember Mike. Like Zach Payne? I remember Zach Payne. Zach Payne. I'm trying to get Zach on the... He transitioned to DHL as well. Yes, he did. That's right, because he was over... Okay, so uh, Zach Payne, if you're listening to this man... This is why I want you on the podcast. You're already coming up. You're already coming up in uh, on the, on this podcast. So we're uh, giving a shout out to Zach Payne. Yeah, no, he was, he was a good manager. <laughs> he was a good manager. And he'd he was, get in there and thump it with us. He would. He would. I still remember him going past like when I'm. We're supposed to be on break or whatever, and he's like, "Greeny, get out of the trailer, man. <laughs> I, I know you're over there because he could hear the little beep beep scanning the boxes." Yeah, so, folks, just put it this way: Whenever I worked at FedEx, I would literally wake up in nightmares. From the lights on the slides, there was little lights by the slides, and if they were flashing, we had to get them out as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I would wake up out of a dead sleep, screaming, "Get the light out!" <laughs> and see, this was night shift, so you're sleeping during the day, waking up. <laughs> oh man, dude, I, I still remember having dreams after I first started working there of just playing Tetris with the boxes in a trailer over and over and over again the entire i guess day's sleep that i had and then i'd go into work feeling like i hadn't taken a break yeah no it's uh it's something <laughs> oh man so josh your water's hot yeah it is it's it's room temperature you gotta and put some ice in it buddy hey, actually i've got some ice you want some ice no i'm good <laughs> <laughs> but it's not vanilla ice ice baby oh. but it is ice don't get me started on vanilla ice that's my man there we go. There we go. Just kidding. Actually, I was listening to a guy. His name's Blind Fury. If anybody listens to music like that, check him out. He's really good. Okay, Blind Fury. See, I'm a, I'm a connoisseur of music and artists, so um, I have to add that to my he's list. Blind. So he was born. Oh, he was okay. born blind, but he has a he has a motivation that I've never seen in anybody else before. He's talented mm. too. He's really good at it. Ooh, I'm gonna angle. I think if I angle it this way, that should pick up the pick up your voice. So you could still have your your uh, kind of lean in the way you were. Oh, you want me to look like this? <laughs> well so so uh right now guys we're still still rolling with audio but i know i've mentioned in, in past podcasts there will be it's a point once i get tech savvy enough to figure out how to do video recordings uh we'll have a little bit of that but but right now we're just working on the voice stuff so you get to hear our lovely voices and just imagine what we look like yeah because you definitely want to see how good i look on camera <laughs> do, okay uh, let, let me mention this you've had a, a weight loss journey that i think would be encouraging to, to talk on. Go ahead and mention that, dude. Absolutely. Um, this time last year, I was, let's say, 353 pounds, and I was, quote, unquote, making love to my wife, and she looked up with me and what I would believe to be disgust, and mm. that's what set me to uh, lose the weight I lost. So 
I stopped eating as much. I took in, I yeah. took in about half the food I was eating, and then six months later, I cut those in half and made it out to a quarter. And it's been a great journey. If anybody needs help losing weight, you can definitely take that advice if, with a grain of salt. Or if not, you can take it and go with it because it does work for sure. And dude, you mentioned this before the podcast too, but not only did you. Uh, uh, change the portion sizes, but you stopped eating like the junk food type oh, yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. You got to cut the carbs, no sugars, no anything like that. Noodles. I didn't eat noodles, sugars. Mm. I didn't eat candy, cake, anything. Only thing I was eating was broccoli, steak, or chicken, and fish. Ooh, ooh dude, I like... F- okay, what's what's your favorite type of fish? I would probably say flounder. Flo- oh, I've had flounder. If Flounder's you, not bad. If you bake flounder in the oven with a little butter and some lemon juice. Ooh. See, I like salmon, but I've never, I haven't tried. Yeah, it, it depends on how you cook it. I grill it. So if I'm going to have Ooh. salmon, I, I take a flank of salmon and I grill it. I'm a master chef as well. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sitting across from another jack of all trades, in my personal opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, to talk about some of the, okay, so you have handyman stuff. To talk about some of the, the skill sets you have, man, because you uh, do have a lot of skills. So when I was. 14, I started doing floors with my dad and did that about five years. So I can do any kind of flooring you can think of besides hardwood because I've never, we never really did that. We did tile, bathrooms, carpet, laminate, linoleum, the whole, okay. the whole package. See, some of this I'm learning for the first time too, guys. Like we, we talked a lot at FedEx and then at DHO, we weren't in the same building, I don't think. No. But, uh, but he was, so as a quick little uh, interlude there. Um, Chris was the guy who told me when I was trying to get a job after FedEx, um, I remember, I remember having contact with you somehow through Facebook or whatever, but having a phone call and you were like, dude, I'm working at DHL. Uh, it's like the best place that I've ever worked at or one of the best jobs I've ever had. Something like that. For the money, it's definitely where it's at. Yes. And when you said that, that gave me hope. I was like, okay, because FedEx was just like, it was just soul crushing. Like the experience I had there was, was horrible. Now, in spite of all that, I did make some good some good friendships and all the people that came out of FedEx that I'm still in contact with they're like yeah man I had the same experience I feel like I escaped a prison <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's uh, like I said most of the times we were talking to FedEx is be- we were talking about how we hated FedEx <laughs> <laughs> we did meet up outside of work a couple times and those were enjoyable conversations so that's why I was 100% ready to come over and do this podcast yes and and we hadn't talked the last time we spoke was I think Almost two years ago. Yeah, back. Well, I haven't I haven't worked at DHL for roughly sixteen months now. So that's right. That's right. So anyway, so back. So you've done some flooring type stuff. Um, I can. Uh, I've, I've. I have about eight years of maintenance experience. Eight years of maintenance. Okay. And, and okay. I ran a. I ran a company for my cousin. He was a construction, but I was the building. I mean, I was the job supervisor. I just okay. show up and you know make sure materials were there. And whatever they needed, and I'd write paychecks. And dude, and you did that for how long? Uh, three years for that. Okay, three years for that. And okay, this guy is definitely a family man. Can I can I throw that out there? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I love my five beautiful children and my beautiful wife. So we can talk about them as much as you'd like. Oh, dude, that's awesome, man. Because I remember that was one of the things you talked about at FedEx, and I was like, dude. Because at this point, it's this point in my life, I was not married, didn't even have a girlfriend. Didn't even have a dog, had no prospects. And so, like, when he told me, he's like, dude, I've, I've got a wife and five kids, I was like, right on, bro. Because he's, you're, you're uh, a year older than I am, a little, a little bit more than a year, I think. Because your birthday's you, in. You were born in 92. 
I was I, born in uh, 1990. I was too. February 1st of 1990. You're a couple months older than me. Wait a minute. I thought you were... So you're 32. I'm 33. No, wait a minute. How's that work? If you're 33... You're 33 then. No, I'm 32. I promise you, you're 33. I've been, it's, uh, it's 2022. So wait, wait. 2022. From 1990. Oh, I am 32. My bad. <laughs> Dude, you had me tripping, man. Yeah, I was just trying to get in your head. I was just playing. <laughs> Yeah, that's that psychological roundhouse kick we were talking about. So we, we've already had kind of like a, a podcast and a half uh, just in over the phone uh, leading up to this podcast. So Yeah, he should have been recording some of that because that's what I'm – my greatest is when I'm not trying. <laughs> oh, okay because I showed up ready, so I'm ready to do it. Yes. Uh, I'm talking about family. I have a beautiful wife. She almost runs a store. She's awesome. She does things – I mean, she's just good at what she does. She's a good mother. She loves her children. Mm. She does lack in a few departments, but who doesn't? Yes. Yeah, we're all imperfect, guys. Come on. You can't be perfect at all. That's just not the way the world works. Because if it was, then everybody wouldn't get along anyways. Because <laughs> if you take one asshole and put him in the room with another asshole, what do you get? Uh, An explosion of asshole. <laughs> I was going to say, excuse my language. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, uh, just, that's just how I've always looked at things and it's per, and on a perspective level. It's see, just, and I remember that too from that's FedEx. My aunt and my wife are so much alike that every time they're around each other, all they do is fight. Mm. Argue, they butt heads about everything because one wants it done the other way, the other wants it done that way. And when you're in another woman's house, guess what that means? You follow her rules. It's her mm. house. If, if I'm paying for a house and my wife is living in it, you're going to do what she asks you to do in that house or you're not going to be welcome there. It's not in a in a sense of hey, clean up my mess. But if you make a mess in our house and she asks you to clean it up, that's your responsibility to clean up your mess. And if you don't respect it, get out. Dude, oh, see, okay, guys, this is one of the things that I had had temporarily forgotten about uh, from from Chris because or Tiny. You got the nickname Tiny at DHL. You said right? Sure did. My, my real name's Chris, but 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 yeah, Tiny was the nickname. And if you if you could see this guy in person, you're like. Over six foot four, right? I'm six foot five. Six foot five, yeah. So I'm almost six foot four. He's six foot five. So hence the the, the nickname. Six foot five, two hundred and thirty five pounds. Two hundred and thirty five pounds, dude. I was, I've, uh, but that's been a journey, like you said just a few minutes ago. That that's a journey that I don't wish anybody to have to do because it is hard. It's hard giving up all the things you like, and you know, with my other past, giving up that and giving up that, and. Then, all, and then I, I didn't tell you before I worked at DHL, I quit cigarettes for eight months. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't smoke a cigarette for eight whole months. And then I started working at DHL, going outside at the break room, hanging out with them. No, no, you're good, bro. Right, cool, yeah. cool. But uh, that's what led it up. I was like, hey, man, let me get a cigarette. And they were like, they didn't know nothing of it. So they were like, here you go. Next day, I bought a pack. I haven't mm. stopped since. Dude, so so this is uh, we talked a little bit about this before the podcast, but I have an uncle, an uh, uncle Donnie. I'm shouting you out. I may have mentioned him before on, on a former podcast, but uh, this is my my dad's oldest brother, and his wife, his his wife, uh, my aunt Shelley. She is a is a cancer. Uh, uh, what is it? A cancer survivor. Correct. Uh, uh, she had had breast cancer and then went through like chemo and everything. And this was this was years back, but she's a breast cancer survivor. And so I think, from what I understand, she was. Um, well, I can I can guess this much, but she was a significant support for my uncle when he was trying to to you know break his addiction to, to cigarettes because he'd been smoking cigarettes for years, but he wanted to quit. And so, at least as far from my vantage point, it was like 
I can just imagine my Aunt Shelly being like, hey, you Uncle Donnie. Well, she used to call him uncle, but, but you know, honey, you, you can't keep smoking these cigarettes. You, we we got to, I'm going to, I'm going to help you with this because I don't want you to get cancer. <laughs> you, you don't want this. And so my Uncle Donnie wanted to, to, to quit the cigarettes. And so with her support um, and, and probably a ton of other people too in his life, um, you know, and, and, I'll, I'll throw this out there too. My, my uncle Donnie's Catholic, so I'm assuming there's some some uh, some church you know peoples in his life too that were kind of giving him some support. But uh, but anyway, there was a point on Facebook where I, I remember Uncle Donnie that you had posted saying it had been a year since you had ever or since you had smoked your, uh, uh, the last cigarette and you had basically conquered your addiction. You were never going to go back to it. You never wanted to touch cigarettes again. And I was just like, oh yes, I was so excited for you, man. <laughs> let, me, let me chime in on Uncle Donnie here. You do not want to start again because what they say mm-hmm. about picking it up, getting uh, and put, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. What was that? Uh, it was just a, like a small natter fly. If you pick it up after you've put it down once, it's twice as hard, I promise. Mm. I've tried to give it up since, and it's just, it's like I can't. It's almost impossible. <laughs> I guess when I start hacking up a lung, I'll give it up. <laughs> or if it's too late. So, uh, so everybody on the podcast, man, we got we to gotta send some, some happy vibes and prayers and, and whatever. Send, send some What's what's the phrase people saying? Send some positive energy. <laughs> let's, let's get some. Let's let's keep some good energy and send it in all directions. Because I hate negative energy. I don't mm. like drama. It's just ugh. yeah, dude. Drama. Man, it's just. It's. I don't understand why people have to be so petty about just ignorant things. It's like and and I know I just learned this a couple weeks ago. As a matter of fact, speaking of ignorance, I heard that ignorance is a term of somebody that doesn't know anything. Mm. That maybe they don't know it, they haven't learned it yet. So you can't call somebody ignorant if they don't know. Hmm. You ever talked about that or think thought about that? Have no. you ever looked it up? Like, what's the word ignorant means? So I I, th- I think I've uh, in the past was like, okay, there's there's the idea of stupid, which is kind of like more of a definitely more of a negative term, yes. you know, negative connotation. Ignorant is just like, hey, I, I've never study this i don't know that's about what, it that's what my aunt was telling me she was like you gotta you gotta stop saying stupid you're just ignorant to the fact that you've never heard about it or done it oh, if you don't okay. know nothing about it then you can't maybe i was saying it wrong i might have been that makes sense though yeah yeah that's what she was telling me and you know shout out to my aunt because she is the most important person on this planet to me mm. besides my children and my wife obviously but she's she's my rock man she's she's the one that has helped me through all of this <laughs> don't let me get emotional over here yeah, if, if you start teddy bear. start crying, I'll get my guitar out and start playing something that goes along. You know how to play the guitar? I do. I'm a singer, man. You didn't know that? Professional. I, I, I could see that. <laughs> my daughter looked at me the other day, and she said, Daddy, you should have been a professional singer. I was like, okay. <laughs> I can do that. I mean, anything she wants, I would do it. But I, I don't think I sound good, but that's what everybody says when they're a singer or not a singer or whatever. I sing in the shower. That's my best, you know? Dude, don't don't we all, man? Hey, like I sound good in the shower, though. That's what I think. <laughs> Aren't we all, uh, was it the American Idol uh, top singer winners and, and the, the the winners of The Voice? In the shower we are. In spirit we are. <laughs> <laughs> so coming back to what we were talking about, uh, the, the jack of all trades. I'm, yeah. I'm a mechanic as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember you talking, because with uh, another buddy from um, from FedEx, FedEx says, named Andrew, I remember him have dude. I remember him having a a tire that was had popped, and so he put his spare on. He'd been driving it for like a couple months, and you were telling him like, dude, you need to put your tire if you're gonna if you're gonna keep driving it. Put a tire on. You, 
got to put a tire on. You can't ride. You're not supposed to ride a donut for more than 50 miles. And he, he was like, bro, I've been doing it for yeah, way more than he that. He had about 2,500 miles on it before he finally changed it. <laughs> I finally conned him into getting a used tire. Oh, man. But I remember you saying something about, like, put it on the back. Yeah. Like Shout out to Andrew. I love you, brother. Dude, Don't yeah. think any different. And we want to get you on the podcast. He's uh, that. That's my best friend in this entire world. He's uh, Everybody has their problems, so. I'm not going to judge him and not going to mention any of them. If he wants to bring them up, that'd be up to him. But, you know. When I mentioned this on the other, another podcast, previous one, but it's like, okay, none of us are perfect. We're all imperfect. And so there's, there's a sense in which it's like the more imperfect a person is, the more grace we should give them. Like, yeah. because they're that much more imperfect. So <laughs> that's, I mean, I, I don't know. My whole life's been a, it's been a journey. It's been crazy. So I try to talk people up. I try mm. to bring them up, and I have a lot of good inspirational talks with a lot of people. I've talked to strangers that are like, dang. He said, uh, "He said I think differently about these things now, and it's like, I don't know. Maybe I should have done something different with my life, but that's not the way it happened. So, dude, do you want to get get into a little bit of, like, some of your life story, man? Cause I, don't, I don't mind if that's what we're going to talk about. We can definitely do it. But dude, let's do there's it. There's definitely not enough time today to get all through it. But So that means you'll have to tune in for the next yeah. follow-up podcast. Yeah, there's going to probably be 10 of them. <laughs> yes. Return guest. Yeah, definitely, for sure. <laughs> Every Saturday at 4. <laughs> we can't quote times yet because we don't know. We're not. We're not. We're, we're, we're just. Yet. Yeah, we're just rolling with it, uh, going with the flow. So yeah, go ahead and give like at least a teaser. Okay, get you know, what people's appetites here for uh, for more of the the Chris the the tiny the tiny story life story. Yeah. <laughs> when I was born, I was in a glass box for three weeks. I was born high on cocaine. Dude, yeah. I don't think I maybe you had told me this at one point. I was in a glass box for three weeks, and you were high on cocaine when yeah, you were born. I was born. born with a fatal amount of cocaine in my system. And that I'm getting, okay, so you're talking to a dude who only knows about drugs from talking with other people who have had drugs in their lives. So this is, I'm guessing, because of your, your mother having. Yeah. She had, dang. she had obviously was doing cocaine when I was chilling in her stomach or whatever. Wow. I was big chilling, you know, because I was high, I guess. So, <laughs> so the doctors say anyway, but I mean, the re- I have uh, lung problems and. Something else. There was something else. I can't remember what it was, but it was mainly my lungs is the reason I was in the glass box. Okay. Yeah, I okay. couldn't take in regular air yet. I wasn't strong wow. enough to breathe in air by myself. They had to, you know, pretty much force it into me. Oh my goodness, dude. This is this sounds like the beginning of like an, an epic T V series. I'm serious. I'm serious. <laughs> you don't even know the half of it. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, I don't. It didn't get better after that. Oh man. I mean, my ch- my childhood up until seven, I or six or seven, I really don't remember a lot of. But, you know, what I do remember of it wasn't good. I'm going to move this a little bit back, actually. Oh, sorry, am I screaming in the mic? No, no, it's just so it picks it up better. Oh. Yeah, you're doing good. You're I'll, doing good, bro. I'll rap to you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it was really hard for me because, you know, for the longest time my mother was, you know, my hero. She always had been. I loved her so much. I was so close with her. Mm. But then I started growing up and I started realizing what was going on. So from an early age, I can remember, I mean, all kinds of drug use, mm. all kinds of it. Uh, they they would get to the point to where they were. Take it this way. We were at a supermarket one time and my dad was falling asleep in the meat section. He was standing up, falling asleep, trying to look at meat to get us to, to eat or whatever. Mm. So needless to say, we didn't get no meat. <laughs> 
because he was falling asleep. I had to put him in a car and drive him home at uh, eight and a half years old. Wow. I drove him home from the supermarket. So you drove, so what What vehicle was this? It, like this what? was a, it was a 19, 1989 Dodge. You remember the old beat up hoopty vans? I can't remember exactly what it was uh, called. See, I, I'm terrible with was, cars and it was stuff. A big, it was a big, ugly ass brown van that smoked, <laughs> that smoked like a freight train. It was embarrassing. I got dropped off in school in it all the time. It was just too much, but I drove. Roughly five miles home at that at eight years old. I'd never been behind the wheel before in my life. Wow. So coached him into the passenger seat, and he gave me the keys. Wow. So I've been driving ever since. <laughs> oh, my goodness, dude. I went on full-blown outings by myself at 11 years old. Wow. They're like, hey, go to the store and get this. Go to the store and get that. I'm like, oh, no problem, because as a kid, you're like, drive? I got you. I'm on my way. Let's do this. Huh. You know, but they were conditioning me for a a, a long journey that I didn't need to take. I could have, mm. we could have, it could have been avoided. You know, that's why I have so much animosity built up towards them. Ah, see, I can see that. <clears throat> yeah. I can, I can totally like and by that. When I say I, I can see that I can understand, like if I were in the same situation, like honestly guys, who wouldn't wrestle with animosity towards parents? If, if that's, you're born into the world high on cocaine and that's something that you didn't even choose. So it's not it's not like it's consensual <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. It's not Man. like I was like, "Hey, can I can I get some drugs, please?" <laughs> you know, you know, to your fallopian tube. <laughs> I mean, I don't I, I don't know. I can't I don't I love my mom and I'm not sitting here trying to bash her. But, you know, things could have been done a lot differently. Yeah. You know, and she's still to this day not in good shape. Mm. You know, I I recently heard that she's been sober for six months and if that's the case then congratulations mom because you're definitely probably going to hear this podcast oh dude it sucks but she needs to hear it because she needs to understand why i'm i'm an emotional wreck most of the time (laughs) nobody gets why i'm always walking around like this Hmm. i walk around my head down because all i've ever known is let down see I, i can't help but think uh uh I was going to say Chris, but tiny. <laughs> I got to use the nickname, but I can't help but think that this is going to be therapeutic for a lot of people because there's so many people that can relate to stuff like this. Like I, even guys that I've, I've recently met that live up in different states, um, like they had similar type stories. And so are, are you familiar with the artist NF, the rapper, the hip hop artist? I, I, I listen to him frequently. Okay. So you're familiar with his songs where he talks about his mom, you know, doing a, like an overdose uh, and Correct. just. Like there's even like the song where he's even kind of crying. Like he, he used that in his own song. I don't know. I I like NF, but I'm a big supporter of uh, his name is J Sticks. J Sticks. J Sticks. J Sticks. I've heard of J A Y Z T A Z T E K S. J Sticks. I don't know how you pronounce it. I've never heard it pronounced. Okay. I always just say J Sticks. But he his lyrics. They I don't know. They just bond with me and people are like why do you listen to that this is going to bring you down more and i'm like no it it keeps me sane huh. like that sounds depressing i said it is depressing but it it's, it's relatable it's so relatable that it's not even funny see okay so <clears throat> this is something i've discovered too sometimes certain genres of music or certain uh, uh songs e- even specific songs and with the lyrics and everything even if they're depressing or whatever and some people oh man how do you listen to that it's like there's something about music where it can express stuff that maybe you couldn't put into words and so if you have somebody who's like an artist 
who can just encapsulate what you're feeling and what you're going through, you know, kind of like what your soul is trying to communicate. And then they communicate it, listening to it, you're like, yes, that's what I feel. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what, and so it's like they're, they're speaking it for you. So at least that's been my experience. <laughs> that's what smoking cigarettes will do to you. But, um, yeah, no, his, his lyrics and his songs are so, oh, it's, it's, it's beautiful. I love it. Mm. And I've just recently picked up on another rap. His name is Problematic. Problematic. He does songs with NF. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What, any uh, specific songs to the, just a shout out? Um, I would say uh, for Problematic, it would be Sober. And Sober. Angels versus Demons. Angels versus Demons. Yeah, and then J-Sticks, I would say Broken. Broken. Okay. Okay. Broken and... Uh, to check those out. I can't remember the name of the other one, but oh, numb, numb. Okay, see that reminds me of the was it the Lincoln Park? That was a popular yeah, song uh, title. R.I.P. to Chester. Yes, yeah. Chester Bennington. Yes, yeah, I don't understand. I was trying to explain it to my wife the other day, but she wasn't getting to me. But if you listen to any of his music, you can hear his pain in almost every song. His cry out for help. That's what I would say. Yes, if you listen to music like I do. Dude, I, so there was a guy that I met at DHL. Um, he's going to be on the podcast at some point, probably around the November time frame of, of 2022. And so that's a, f- a few months out. But he's a guy that um, we've had tons of different talks on, on similar type topics. And I remember we were talking about the whole Lincoln Park and, and, and Chester Bennington and people being surprised like, man, I just happened out of the blue. Like how in the world? And, and Jacob was like, dude, you weren't listening. Yeah, they, nobody like, was listening to him. He was crying for help for so long. Yes, he was doing it in his music. Everybody's just like, yay, we love the music. It's like, are you listening to the music? Yeah. Oh, we love it. Uh, He's literally, like, it's so blatant. There's so, there's, like, we didn't even go through the whole list, but there was, like, ten songs that was just crazy. Yes. With just every other lyric was, like, help me, please. Yes. Somebody, please help me. And that's how J-Sticks is. Oh. But um, he's actually uploaded songs as of late that he is doing better so oh that's uh, that's he's, good he's growing on a spiritual level he's trying to to get better so i'm hoping mm. and praying for the best for him because i do like that him a, i would love to meet him dude okay so uh to, to j sticks or however however you pronounce it man we we're, we're not entirely certain here but uh if you listen to this podcast mm-hmm. we'd love to have you on i'll get that <laughs> we'll make that work I'll get Tiny on here too, and they'll uh, even Uber you here, man. We'll even Uber you here. It doesn't matter where you're at. You He's could from be, Chicago. Shout out to Chicago. Shout out to Chicago, yeah. Chicago, Illinois. It's I don't personally like Chicago, but it's nothing against Chicago. It's just there's so much the crime rate in Chicago is ridiculous. Mm. So I would never like, hey, me and my family are fixing to move to Chicago. <laughs> if anything, we'd be moving to Alaska. <laughs> the crime rate's like like fifteen percent or something. It's retarded. It's is like, it? It's uh, it's so much lower than any other state, I believe. It's because everybody up there is so cold they can't move. <laughs> I would love to go to Alaska. I just want to go and see it just once. Dude, same here. Yeah, and I, I'm not, I'm just messing with uh, with you Alaskans or Alaskians. What did I say it like that? It's Alaskians. Alaskians. There, there we go. go. Yes, I, I do want to go up to Alaska just to just to say I've been there. Yeah, just to see well to see the Northern Lights as well. But oh yes, and Antarctica and all that stuff. I like the cold. I like the mountains. I like you know the Waking up to the whole, you know, field of snow and the mountains behind it. That's just something I've always dreamed of. See, right on with that, because I was born in Maine. I don't know if I've mentioned that before, but I was uh, born in Maine. 
I was only there three and a half years, so I don't even really remember anything other than maybe snow, just in general. Yeah. My dad has told me stories about like making igloos out of piles of snow that the snow plows nice. would uh, would pile up on the side of you know taking it off the roads and piling it up on the yard. So you have a driveway hideaway shack, pretty much. <laughs> I didn't say something else, but I remember that we were talking <laughs> to the podcast. So, which shout out to Josh Greeny for that because this is uh, something I've needed to do for a while. Dude, I, and I'm glad to have you on. Like I, when I was talking with uh, with Tiny beforehand, he was saying like, "Dude, I've been waiting for a moment to be able to share my story." And I was like, "Dude, I've been waiting for a moment to like be able to to put people put people's stories like this out there." Um, so this is like a like to me, this is a gift coming from him to me. But in his his mind, you're kind of like saying, "Hey, thanks for giving me the opportunity." So it's a win win. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been looking for an opportunity to get it off my chest and lay it out there for a long time. I'm hoping it'll do me some therapeutic justice. There we go. Because uh, I'm just tired of carrying the, the weight on my shoulders. Yeah. He says I need to forgive my mom, but I'm just like, I don't know how to. Yes. Yeah. That's She's that's like, a well, struggle. She said, "Well, you don't you don't hold it against your your dad." And I said, "He's dead. What am I going to do? Be mad at you know? He was one of my you know. I looked up to him too. He was you know. I can't call him anymore, and that sucks. But you know, I can't hate him. He's dead. Huh. You know, he paid his his dues now already. Mm. He suffered with pain for a long time before he died." Wow. So that's the way I look at it. He's he paid for his negativity that he brought into his children's life. Man. And it sucks that I look at it that way, but I've grown to look at it in a different way than I used to. But I'd say at the age of nine, I started smoking cigarettes and weed with my brother. And then at the age of 10, we started stealing their pain pills and we started selling those and taking them and and then, uh, that that just it was a it was a crazy adventure. So needless to say, that, that led to the age of thirteen. I tried meth for the first time. Oh wow! Yeah, and that's like one of the okay. So I don't know again a ton about a ton about all the differences with drugs, but that's one of the more hardcore ones. That's uh, it'll a lot of people it affects a diff- in different ways. Most of the time it affects people with their mind, their their inability to think because they just can't. They're just like too worried about watching the windows and looking outside to make sure nobody's coming. And I'm just like, why do you guys do this? Cause I can, I'm going to be honest with you about something. I could smoke a gram of meth and go to the fishing hole and sit out there for 12 hours in the nighttime by myself. Huh. But that probably came from the, all the Adderall abuse when I was a kid. Yeah. Now talk about that dude, because that's, that's something that I'm, I'm passionate yeah. about. So the, the age of eight is when they started me on Adderall. They started me on two thirty milligrams a day. Two, two, so how much is like for a 30 for, milligram pill on the street these days is $30 and it's probably the, I would say the equivalence of maybe doing a, I don't know, $20 worth of speed. Or, Let me turn it a little bit more towards you so we can hear you. So I'm, I'm just making sure we can hear you. Good. Uh, I'm sorry, but uh, no, you're good. That's what it amounts to in my, in my perspective. I don't okay. know what everybody else thinks, but. I know that these days, the children that I see taking them, they take half a milligram. And so you were taking, you were taking more than half a milligram. You were taking how much was that again? Oh, we just had a phone call. I'm going to pause the uh, podcast, but you guys aren't going to notice the pause. So yeah, <laughs> just thanks. hang tight for a second or two. All right, guys, we're back again. It was just a little second for you guys, but uh, so you were talking about the the milligrams based off of. Yeah, so, how much people get it nowadays, kids nowadays versus what yeah, you Yeah, they get doing. a half a milligram these days. The, 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 well, the kid that I've seen taking them, she, 
his mother told me that it was 0. 0.05 milligrams, and he's 11. Okay. When I was eight, they started me out on 60 milligrams. Oh, my goodness, one dude. One in the morning, one in the day, one at lunch, and then a year later, I was taking one, 130 in the morning, 130 at lunch, 130 in the evening, oh my and then goodness. one 10 milligram before bed. So I was taking 90 milligrams of pretty much synthetic speed. And what was Every the, day. what was the reason for that? Like, why did they do such a high dosage? Because I was wild and I was just I couldn't sit still. I'm, I'm ADHD. That was their yeah. That's the term. I, so okay, I'm just going to say this, and I'm not uh, uh, like I haven't done hardcore research on all of this. To me, the whole ADHD thing, especially with men with bo- with young boys, that's just regular childhood. Like we don't realize it nowadays because we've been lied to for a couple generations now. But if you go back to like my great grandparents' time frame and all that kind of stuff, then uh, oh yeah, sorry, I, <laughs> we've got some other stuff going on. I've got sorry some text that. messages. I just I got to. But I yeah, gotta... like the, the, there's been changes, guys. For those who who haven't paid paid attention to to history or what's been going on in the culture, like yeah, it's just, just they different. They just drugged me. They were just like, hey. So I walked around like this. I just walked around like a zombie. You know, I was so I've been conditioned to do drugs since I was born. So that's the card you know, the hand of cards that I was dealt, like, hey. And it was forcefully given to you, yeah. At, at <laughs> some points, yes, it was poor. But after the age of 13, I made my own decisions at that point. I still was cooking. I was cooking meth at the age of 14 with my parents, driving around in the, the weird city of uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm. in a stolen car. And how? say again how old you were? 14. 14. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I've been. I was doing hard drugs for since from the age of fourteen till the age of twenty six when I moved up here. I've been clean for eight, well, six, seven years almost now. Almost seven years. Wow. I dropped, it, I dropped a ten year habit, cold turkey. Dude, I remember you talking about that. I just moved. I moved. I, all I had to do was get away from it. I moved away from it. Ooh, so guys, think okay for those of you who can relate and maybe you're struggling with the same type of stuff. There is something to be said for if you're around people who are influencing that or who are lax on that. And so sometimes just removing yourself from that environment is the key. You know, it could be something where it's like you you would have the ability to to, to break free of these addictions and things if you just put yourself somewhere else. Let me let me let me explain it to you like this. So if you're in a room full of people and you they're all drinking and having a good time, what are you going to do? Mm. You're going to drink and have a good time just like anybody else. So mm. if you're around a bunch of people that are getting high, smoking meth, or I've, I've done every drug there is on this planet besides flaca and, and heroin. I've never touched heroin. Mm. And I've never put a needle in my body, period, because mm. I promised my, I promised somebody that I wouldn't. I'm not going to bring them up today, but they'll be in another podcast. Mm. But I, I've probably done enough meth to fill up this apartment. Wow, and I've done I've done cocaine, but it just was. They say cocaine's a hell of a drug, but I think it's useless. Hmm. Yeah, so speed was my forte for ten whole years. It was a crazy adventure. Huh. Now, so I'm not saying that in a good way. I'm saying that in a negative way. Please, hmm. please, I tell people, do not do drugs. Do not ever try them, because of the fact that it's fun while you're doing it, but whenever it's over, nobody's there. Huh. All these people support you when you're getting high and you know producing drugs and having a good time. But as soon as you are done with that, they're done with you. Huh. 
I had people in my life that I thought were going to be a part of my life forever. But as soon as I quit messing with the drugs, they just dropped me like a bad habit. Wow. See, that even makes, that hits me, that hits home with me because I, I literally told, uh, I told Tiny <laughs> over the phone. Um, I was like, dude, I, I feel like, I feel like you're a person I'm going to know for the rest of my life. And we hadn't talked for at least a year or so, probably more than that. You know, I've been friends with him on, on Facebook, uh, but just little to no communication. But the moment that we, we communicated today, literally today on the phone, it was like, hey, man, we, it's like we didn't miss a beat. It's just, how's it going? Yeah, because. That's like a legit, yeah, it's a legitimate friendship. And the, the friendships I've had like that, um, there's, you know, I told, I told Tiny beforehand, one of my buddies named Seth from my, my childhood, uh, it had been like over a decade since I think I last spoke with him. And I talked with him a month or two back um, for the first time again since over a decade. And we, he was just like, oh, yeah, hey, how's it going, man? How's life? <laughs> it's the fourth time I've heard about Seth today. So I'm kind of hoping I get to meet him one day. Dude. All right. So Seth. I, you're a guy I want on the podcast, man, uh, at some point. So Get over here, man. Do it. <laughs> we can make this a trio. Yes, yes, at some point, at some point. Because I promise you everything, I, all the stories I have to tell, would it'll, it'll be a long one podcast, that's for sure. <laughs> it's going to have to be a, a lot of podcasts, which I'm cool with because I yes. want people to hear and I want people to learn from what I'm telling them, so maybe they won't do it. And if they already are doing it, maybe I can give them some tips on not to, not, I mean, how to not do it anymore. Mm. But it just, that life has nothing to offer you, mm. period. I'm, uh, I'm 33 years of age and I'm homeless, 32 years age. Let me rephrase myself. <laughs> but I'm homeless. I don't have no, I don't have a home. I am an assistant manager of a family dollar now. Yes. So I turned my life around in a lot of ways, but that doesn't matter because I still messed up for so many years that i'm still climbing out of the hole okay but this is something you said before the podcast and you're like i'm not giving up i'm never no you're never giving up absolutely and see that that's the thing i was like dude that's that's a spirit of perseverance and dude i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna get a little little preachy at this point but a little religious flair there's literally a proverb that says i'm paraphrasing but it says the righteous falls seven times which means like every day of the week they, they fall every day of the week but they get back up and that's the righteous. Like, that's these people that are holy, you know, righteous people following God. They still stumble, but they get back up. That's the difference. Like, they actually get back up. I think it says something like the wicked stumble in times of calamity, meaning they might be standing for a while, but then when stuff gets, you know, when stuff hits the fan, <laughs> then they just, they fall down. So it's like, I, so when I see, when I see Tiny going, hey, I'm not going to give up and I'm still fighting, it's like, Dude, if he can do that, and I keep meeting people like this. I met somebody at my uh, my former workplace. Never um, met anyone like me. <laughs> Just to quote that. That's true. I, I don't know, man. I feel like, I'm sorry to cut you off. I no, really go for it. To, go for it. I, uh, I feel like that I'm one of a kind. I don't feel like there's anybody else out there that thinks like I do, and I know that's probably just a, a mental thing for me, but hmm. I don't know, man. I know there's people out there that's had it worse. Can I give a shout out to my wife on Do that? It. Because Do it. she had a terrible childhood and her mother was, we're not going to speak on her mother ill because she's not here and I can't do that. My wife would not appreciate that. Just know that she did not have it easy. Huh. Yeah, it was terrible. So I think when we met, I mean, I think I knew I loved her before I met her, man. It was just like it was, it was like the movies, you know, have you did that love you see in the movies when it happens. It's amazing. Yeah. Everybody's all yeah. like, <laughs> That's how it is when I met her. You know, when mm. I the minute I locked eyes with her, I knew what was happening. Mm. 
and she is a boss. She's a boss lady. She's stuck it out and wrote it out with me. We've been homeless for probably more than two years. Not at the same time, but we're working on a year now. And when we were in Texas before we moved up here, it was about eight months. Mm. And she's wrote it out. The mosquitoes outside sleeping in the sand. She is, she's incredible, man. So, so guys, I hope you're listening loud and clear because this to me is like, okay, we've got all these, you know, Instagrams and this, that, and you know, all this drama stuff. Well, he didn't, and and (laughs) there's all that. It's like, here are these two people. They're still sticking it out in spite of all this. I was like, dude, that's loyalty right there. Like that's, we're missing that in this culture today. People don't understand that. I met her when I was 17. I'm sorry, 16. And we've been together since. We're working on 16 years of uh, 16 years of being together and 10 years of marriage. Wow, 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 dude! Yeah, it's a it's been a long road. Don't get me wrong. There's been ups and downs, but no matter what, she's always stayed even thick and thin. Money, no money. She's not that kind of girl. She doesn't expect me to be able to bring her home hundred dollars worth of food every night or take her shopping to these fancy places. We're, we're good going to the Goodwill. You know what I mean? Yes. That's our favorite hobby. We go hit the Goodwill and I find cool things that I like. And she, dude, you can find some amazing stuff at Goodwill. I picked up a, uh, I picked up an old jewelry box and I paid $11 for it. I ended up selling it online for 1300 bucks. Oh my goodness. Are you serious? I'm dude? absolutely serious. I made a, I made a good amount of money out of that. So I donated half of it to charity. Oh my, dude! Are y'all hearing this, man? I'm I'm hearing this for the first time right now. That's amazing. Yeah, that's I, amazing. But I needed the money, so I didn't. I should have gave it all away. I know that, but I really needed. Oh, no, I think so. This is. Uh, I'm going to get a little bit more religious here, but I, I see God working in, in ways like this. So I, I don't think that's a, an accident. Like, I'll say this: There's a lot of people that that have like the this like prosperity gospel. Like, hey, if you just you know give money to this pastor, then you're gonna you're gonna be a millionaire. Like I, I don't believe that. Not even a bit. But at the same time, there's other people that are like, "Man, you got to be poor and like have nothing, and and then God works in your life." Well, I don't, I don't believe that either. I mean, I think there's some people who, I mean, Jesus Himself was kind of like out there, like, "Hey, I don't need anything, and when I pay taxes, I just go fishing and get a fish and take a coin out of its mouth and, you know, pay my taxes." So like, there's there's definitely that. But a lot of people, it's like. No, I need to. I need to support my family. You know, you've got five kids. Absolutely, like, I can't help but think that God's like, "Hey, I'm going to put this. Uh, I'm going to put this eleven dollar. What did you say? Jewelry box? It was a old. It was just an old. Like a, it was like, it was like an, as big as a uh, clock, like an antique type thing. Yeah, no, it was. It, they they obviously missed the stamp on the bottom because it was. A, it wasn't a stamp. Let me take that back. It was an engraving. It was an actual. Oh wow! You know, it was really fancy, and I don't remember who had made it, but I put it online and. Uh, it wasn't, I mean, it was like 45 minutes later, somebody sent me an offer for 1300 bucks. So see, you see, yours. <laughs> you see value in things that people might think are only 11 bucks or whatever. Yeah. Like I see that. I've always studied things like that. I'm uh, I'm big into collecting. So I collect things like that. So, I mean, I picked up a, what was it? I picked up a toy chest one time. A toy chest. Yeah, I found uh-huh. this on the side of the road. Sold huh. it for 350 bucks. Dang. It ended up being, uh, it ended up in being imported from a, uh, want to say germany i think really like one of the people around there they had really made it it was a big name i don't really remember but i think i have it on my offer up i could probably look it up but, wow uh, it was i mean 350 dollars something i found on the side of the road i cleaned it up with some lemon oil and i'm sorry murphy oil murphy oil it's, huh. uh, it's good for wood grain so that's what i put it i cleaned it up with that it gave it a sleek shine took pictures of it and 
it, 45 minutes later, I was driving it to Cincinnati and sold it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So did you use, like, Facebook Marketplace or something for that? I use OfferUp. OfferUp. So, oh, yeah. I've never heard of that. OfferUp Offer is a buy, sell, trade app on your phone. Okay. You, know, you could take a picture. Like this, for instance, today at work. I was about to ask. Yeah, Go ahead today, and do it. Today at work, I was uh, checking out a – well, I was counting my jewelry in. I'm sorry. And I ran across this dollar bill from 1957, and it's a blue note. I think it's a silver note dollar bill is what it is. And it's, huh. I haven't found one for any cheaper than twelve hundred bucks yet, dude. And so, so when I called him on the phone, uh, you mentioned this over the phone. I was like, I have no clue what you're talking about. Then he sends a, um, uh, was it like a screenshot of some Google searches or whatever? Yeah, a link. A link. Yeah. Yeah. I sent him a link to the the there's, website showing what it was. Yeah, there's stuff on eBay that was like a one dollar bill that's selling for twenty four or put put on there for like twenty four hundred bucks. You know, seventeen hundred. Yeah. This, that, or the other. The old me. Would have took this and traded it for a gram. But the new me is going to put my daughter's name on it, and it's hers. That way, maybe in 15 years, whenever she's in a bind or in a pickle, she can sell it or trade it or whatever she wants to do with it because it's going to be hers. Hmm. So, so again, you're seeing – so to to somebody like me, I had to go, oh, that's a dollar. But you see it, and you go, nope, that's worth way more than a dollar. <laughs> yeah, no, because, I mean, you can just tell that it has old value in it because of how worn it is. It is a little worn, so that's probably going to deface the value a little bit. But it's still it'll still be graded in probably medium condition because it does have a lot of lines and dark spots on it. But huh. sometimes collectors look for that. That's what they want. They want yeah. something like this. They'll frame it, put it on their wall, put it on their desk. So in maybe 15 years when, say, my daughter needs to college funds or whatever she wants to do, she could take it and sell it for a couple grand. Huh. And... If it helps her start her life, I'm all about that because I don't believe in anything more than them growing and being better than me. And I tell them that every day. And is is this the daughter that's uh, good at drawing? Oh yeah, she's a beautiful, wonderful artist. He sh- yeah, he showed me some of her sketches. I was like, oh my goodness. And then the uh, the eyes, she's like drawing, just practicing drawing an eye. Shout out to you, baby girl, Antoinette. <laughs> I love you. Yes, dude. And so I'll, I'll say this much. His kids are adorable. He showed me pictures of them. And I was like, that's what's up, man. Five kids, mm-hmm. all of them looking like they're doing good. All with the same beautiful woman. Same. See, they share the same parents like that. Dude, that's rare nowadays. Yeah. Like that in of itself is a rare yeah. thing. Yeah. There's no, I don't, I've not, I've, well, the, as a matter of fact, the Uber driver on the way here, I was talking with him a little bit and he has three kids with the same woman. They've been together forever. Oh wow! He gave me his card. He's a professional driver. Yeah, yeah. You you gave me the card. It's uh. Oh, did I give it to you? Yeah. Sh- I, was gonna, we, I was just gonna say. It. Should we shout him out? I'm going absolutely. I'm going. His name is Justin Wade. Yeah, he's a professional driver out of Cincinnati. If you need a ride at any time, twenty four seven, he's available. He'll pick you up, take you where you need to go. Way cheaper than Uber. Oh yeah, Justin, way, you were getting a shout out, man. Yeah, way way cheaper than Lyft. So let's uh, let's help him out. Show him some love. <laughs> in fact, so I think you took a photo of it on your phone, right? Yeah, I did. I've got it sitting on the counter. I'm going to grab it. So can you do some like Jeopardy music or something while I walk over there? Jeopardy music. I don't find that. Oh, no. I just meant to do that. Oh, do, 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 do. See, Logan Creech. Logan Creech, if you're listening to this one, man, you started a trend here. Oh, yeah. my. There it is. If you want to shout that out. Yeah. His name is Justin Wade. He's a professional driver, fast, reliable, safe provider. Email is Wade 
capital W-A-D-E-J-U-S-T-824 at gmail.com. He's available 24-7 I mean, in a safe service in a pinch. He's got you. He'll take care of you. Oh, he's a yeah. solid duty. I've only talked to him for about 30 minutes, but he seems like he's good. Yes. And Justin Wade, man, thank you. Thank you for that. And that's why we're wanting to shout you out, man. We want to help you out a little bit. Yeah, if we could put some money in your pockets, bless your family. That's what we're about. Yeah, bless. Yes, dude. See, I, okay, so guys, I was I was actually talking with um, I I haven't mentioned this yet, but I was talking with my father in law, and I told him I said, hey, I've got a buddy from uh, from back in my FedEx days, but you know, former coworker. I think that's about all I had said. It's like he's gonna be coming on the podcast and kind of sharing his life story. And my 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 pops, uh, I call him pops, uh, but my father in law, he is. Um, He's just a big fan of like people like you. <laughs> and I mean that. Like people who are striving to 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 take care of their families and stuff, like that's something that just warms his heart because that's kind of the same like that's that's who he is as a person. Yeah. And he's worked with a lot of people in the past. Like um so shout out to you, Pops, but uh he's told me about some of the like he's worked with I think like disabled people or mentally handicapped people. Okay. And he's just like he has he just has a heart for him. He cares for him. He doesn't He's not bothered by it. He's not weirded out by it, and so nobody should be weirded out by somebody with a, you know, something that happened to them that they can't control. Yes, it's not their fault. It's not like <laughs> they chose to be that way. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's what I the when I was in high school, the one year that I went because I you know I quit you waited in ninth grade. <laughs> Anybody didn't get that? It's quit you waited. That means you quit didn't quit. graduate. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I would, you know, everybody is always picking on the kids with the uh, you know special problems and i'm like hey man won't you come outside and talk to me like that you're not gonna keep messing with him with me standing right here mm. i've always been big so people are like never mind man i'm sorry little guy <laughs> so they always you know they're quick to apologize i did fight a couple people over it because you know everybody's hard-headed over about it sometimes you know? but see i was gonna say i remember my dad telling the story of being in school and there was a guy that just man the guy wanted to fight like the guy just wanted to fight my dad so finally my dad ended up punching him yeah. and then after that he left him alone. He left Well, not only left him alone, but he came up and he'd be like, hey, how's it going? And he'd give him a handshake. Oh, and after yeah. that, they were cool because it's like there was a mutual respect that was earned at that point. Yeah. So because Most people like that. All, the only thing that they need is a good ass whooping. <laughs> Dude, sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah, I'm telling you. Instead of the psychological roundhouse, they need a physical roundhouse. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. He used my quote. Yeah, uh, buddy. Yeah, he said that before the podcast. Yeah, I like that. Because yeah. he's a black. My, my buddy Josh here is a black belt in karate. Dude, so, it's it's been a, it's been a while. I'm a rusty black belt. It doesn't matter. Once you learn it, you know it. You know. Hey, you thank might, you for that. Yeah, you might have to you know brush up on your exercise or whatever, but you yeah. know how to do the stuff you were trained and you know how to yeah. do it. So, but and shout out to Chip Townsend and uh, Mr. Clifton and Albert Cole. Those were my main instructors I've had throughout my life. <laughs> amongst others but those are the head guys Josh, just so you know i'll fight all of them <laughs> <laughs> i'm just joking guys you say hey uh, chip man you, you gotta you're gonna have to level up here <laughs> yeah, uh, i mean i took in a lot of knowledge over the years in my street in the streets that i ran you know so i did do some karate i did some uh jiu-jitsu but not jiu-jitsu. much and then i did uh I, I studied in a club in uh stillwater oklahoma it was in, like a little underground fight club that was it was legit, but at the same time, it wasn't. You know, I wasn't supposed to be there because I was underage, so I'm not going to say no names. Going to say were, were there uh, were the first two rules the same thing, which no. was you can't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> no, no, no. They, did, they 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 had a like a, a poster on the wall that said that, but they they didn't like live by that motto. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I I studied there for about a year, so okay, I'm wow. Ready. 
You know, there you I'm go. not a professional or nothing, but I can protect my family. Dude, that's see, the only thing I wanted was to be able to protect me and protect potential my family at that point because I was only 13. So yeah, that's why that's one of the reasons why I took it. Like the, the exercise is great, but you can do that without learning martial arts. Like yeah. I wanted to learn how to defend myself and then protect future family members. Yeah, and, if you know, if need be, we can you know throw down. If we have to, we will. I don't yeah. like fighting; it makes me sick to my stomach. Every time I do it, I, I almost throw up almost every time, but I think it's just the adrenaline. Yeah, I can see that. So I don't want to, I mean, I don't, I don't pick fights, but I'll finish one. <laughs> if somebody wants to, then we can figure it out and we can go outside and see who the better man is. I don't mind at all. Ooh, okay. That shout out to Albert Cole. Again, the first, first Taekwondo teacher I had in, uh, like Bossier city, uh, Louisiana. I think it was in Bossier city. It was, it was close to there, if not in Bossier city, but anyway, I remember him asking us, I, I was like uh, 11, 11 and 12 when I was studying under him at, the, at his dojo, <laughs> his school. And he had asked us, uh, us kids, a kid's class, he said, hey, how many fights do you think I've been in? And he was talking about like fights, like real fights, not like sparring and matches. And, you know, some kids were like, ooh, 100, you know, 20, 1,000, you know, all these numbers. He goes, zero. Oh. And the reason he said, he goes, I, he goes, I've almost gotten into a fight like once or twice. He goes, but I was able to stop it before it happened. He goes, guys, that's what we're doing. We're not teaching you stuff so you can go out there and start fights. We want you to be able to not have to fight because if you have this self-control, you have all of this martial arts skills, it kind of builds up your presence because it's like you now know, hey, I can end this. Yeah. I can end it before it starts. And so there's a, there's a sense which now you look at the person and you're like, you don't want to do this. Yeah. And they just kind of know. All right, I don't want to do this. Yeah, that's most of the time. Uh, people look at me and they're like, "Dude, he, he, what's wrong with him?" I say, I, they say I have I have uh, RBF, I mean resting ass RAF, resting asshole face. <laughs> most people look at me and they find me intimidating for some reason. I don't seem to be intimidating. Do I seem intimidating to you? I was going to say not not in a like a bad way. Like have you, you, you seen me? Yeah, have you ever seen me like walk into FedEx pissed? I mean, mad. I remember. I know you had to have seen it. Once. Yeah, I was going to say at least once or twice. I, mean, I think on, if we were on the street, would you be like, "Hey, man, <laughs> what's your problem?" <laughs> like, <laughs> so I'm, I'm not. I don't claim to be a a warrior or nothing like that. I'm not a. I don't ever. If you're a badass, you don't have to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. A true, yeah. A true person at heart like that that knows they're bad, they don't have to talk about it. Okay, so here's another little religious point. And again, I'm throwing these little things out there just to kind of like, hey, religion's not all bad. You just gotta, you just gotta figure out, figure out what the the main point is. Okay, so there's a there's a verse that says, "The meek shall inherit the earth." Now, the word meek, what that is, is that's like that's not like a weak person or somebody who's mild mannered. That's somebody who has like an absolute, like a black belt, somebody who knows what they're doing. It's like they, it's, it's the idea of somebody with a sword. They know how to use it. They could draw it and use it and just like end something quick, but they keep it sheathed. Until they absolutely need it, so it's kind of again this idea of like I am a I'm an absolute master at my my you know, martial art. Let's say I am a god. <laughs> Essentially, uh, you got to quote Genghis Khan on that one. Genghis Khan, yeah. <laughs> it's like so those kind of people will inherit the earth because they're the type that just they, they command respect and authority, yeah. and you don't have to go around going, "Hey, I can beat you up." Hey, did you know? I, it's like no, 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 no. You just walk around that's and people know what that's called. Somebody yes. that gloats like that, they're just they're garbage in my opinion. That's what I feel. I'm not saying that they're 
a garbage person, but that attitude, if somebody carries that attitude, then I don't want them around me. Yeah, there's something something going on there. Yeah. Maybe they just haven't had a chance to prove themselves or feel like they need to. It's, it's like a little like, man complex, you know? Yes. Not my fault you were born short, bro. <laughs> don't come at me all crazy because you're little. It's not, I mean, I have respect for you just like I do a person that's taller than me. I don't mind. Yeah. It's what it is, but. Dude, that's the thing. Like, when I think about people that are, like, I have buddies that are shorter than me, obviously, because we're both pretty tall. But I don't think about, like, even guys that are a lot shorter than me, when I think about, like, conversations I've had with them, in my mind's eye, so just for those of you who are like, man, I wish I was taller, I actually don't, I, when I think about the conversations, I don't imagine, like, I'm talking to somebody really short. Usually in my mind's eye, it's like we're talking face-to-face. Like, it's just weird. If anything, I kind of feel like my height makes me feel awkward because I'm, at least in the past, I felt like I was just kind of sticking out like a sore thumb and... <laughs> I'm shaking the whole table over here. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's it might not be even picking up on here. But. I'll fix your table if you need me to. I fix things. <laughs> That's right. You do. <laughs> so so I was going to ask, ask you a question. You were talking about speed at one point. Correct. So can you explain what that is to people who have no idea what that's like? Like what, is that, what does that do to you physically? So like you, you mean the high? Yes. Yeah. What's the effect? So you remember when you were a kid and you had your favorite toy and you loved it? The, the, the uh like on Christmas morning, yeah, and you would run down the stairs. You're like, mm, Santa Claus is coming. Yeah, he's here. Yeah, we got our toys. That's the feeling it gives you. It gives you that that rush. Okay. Where at all points you're excited almost about anything. You, there could be a circle drawn on the pavement out there. You'd be like, dude, let's go look at that circle. That looks cool. Huh. When I get high, that's my favorite thing to do is look for things or fix things or that's what the handy the handyman experience came from because I probably. People are like, you're crazy, man. But I would take it apart and put it back together. A lot of people that do meth, they'll just take shit apart and leave it piled everywhere in the yard. Huh. But, but I made a you know, I made a pact with myself that I wouldn't take something apart and not put it. Even if it didn't work after I put it back together, I was going to make sure all the parts were where they went. And where they were supposed to go. It's all the components were hooked back up. If I didn't fix it while I was taking it apart, then it's, you know, there was something non-fixable about it. Huh. Because I mean, there's some fuses in there that, Josh is having uh, heartburn. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, sorry guys, I'm I'm having some some burps here, and I'm, I'm just drinking coffee this time around, so I don't know what's going on there. But uh, uh, trying to do it off of the mic. <laughs> quit doing uh, quit drinking coffee. That's the problem. Yeah, it probably is a little bit have, too much acid yeah, in my have stomach. Have a coke or something, because <laughs> that's way better for you. Oh yeah, that, that corn syrup stuff, all the acne I used to get. Have you from seen that. the amount of sugar that goes into one can of coke? Dude, I think I've seen the videos. It's like, yeah, it's retarded. It's kind of yeah. That's why I stopped drinking all the. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this up. What do you call it? Do you call it soda? Do you call it pop? Do you call it soda pop? Or if you're from Texas, like most of my family is, do you call it just Coke? Like everything's a Coke. Hey, you want a Coke, man? Yeah. What do you got? I got Dr Pepper. I got Sprite. That Coke, dude. It's Coke, dude. Okay, so yeah, because you're from Texas, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes. Born and raised. So you can testify to that we both say, hey, man, you want a Coke? Yeah. What you got? Well, I got some Coca Cola. I got some Dr Pepper. Got a Sprite. Yeah. Oh, uh, you got any Mountain Dew? Let's say a little bit more of an accent, though. Okay, yeah. Round here, you know. Round here. Yeah. Down, <laughs> down in the Everything south. In Texas has a slang. It's, uh, it's beautiful, you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> I, I think it is. My sister loves it. She posted something on Facebook not too long ago about all the slang words and what they mean. Oh, dude, like uh, there's one of them. Y'all'd have. Yeah. If y'all'd, like, if uh, we'd have been on time if y'all'd have gotten your stuff together quicker. <laughs> yeah. Y'all'd so, have. So, since you is a. Since you. <laughs> that's, on, uh, that's on the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. <laughs> since you was in there, would you get me a beer? <laughs> since yeah, yeah since he you just made a bunch of you and stuff up. It was all right though, but <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, 
So I, I've used that uh, the joke of the Coke using Coke for all of that. That that offends everybody. <laughs> but did you know personally on a level that if you have a battery in your vehicle that's corroded with a battery acid or whatever, all you got to do is pour a little Coke on it. No, it'll make it. To, it'll polish it like a shine. It'll have a shine to it when you get done. Huh. Coke on it, it'll eat battery acid away. That's literally what people put in their stomachs. Dang. The citric acid, I believe, is what it is, and the soda will eat, will just eat corrosive battery acid just right off of it. Like it's wow. not even there anymore. It'll wipe right away. So there is a use for it, but maybe not putting it in your stomach, yeah, guys. No, don't drink Coke. <laughs> don't snort it either. It's, either one of them's any good. Both of them are bad. No matter what the song says, what is it? The uh, Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yeah, what was that? Uh, oh, man, what's the guy's name? He was on the Dave Chappelle skit or show, Dave Chappelle show. Uh, I can't think of his name. I know there's people. about it? No, well, no, he just well. There's a song by um, oh man, I can't think of his name either. But he had the song where it's like, I can th- I can hear it in my head. He was a really good guitarist. Oh, are you the same dude who did the uh, song about his his son? His son that passed away from yeah. Off the roof. I'll see you in heaven. Uh, I think. But I'll see you in heaven. Beautiful. I mean, he's he's a beautiful my, beautiful singer, man. Would I, you know my name? Something yeah, like that. Yeah. He also sings "Wonderful Tonight." That's the song oh. I play to my wife like all the time. <laughs> yeah, you're looking it up I'm right now. I'm fixing to tell you right now, yeah. But yeah, the song's name, I think, is Cocaine. I know the uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Snow. Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton, yes. Eric Clapton. He's one of my favorite. Dude, he's, they're he's good. amazing guitarist. I didn't know that he made that song about cocaine not until too long ago when I seen it. On, I was just scrolling through YouTube and it said that song. I was like, yeah. And then, you know, I did the research on it. And then I watched the biography about his kid and all that stuff, so. Which was sad. Very sad story. He, ran, he was just excited, man. He just ran through the window. Oh, man. He fell 12 stories. 12 stories. I think it was something like that. Yeah, it was. It was, the, oh. it was the, the only thing that he would have fell another 12 if it wouldn't have been for the side apartment next to the taller apartment. You know how it is in New York. There's a big building, and then right beside it's another building. So when he ran Ooh, off the, say, out, say it a little bit closer to the mic. Uh, I'm sorry. sorry. No, when keep he going. ran out of the, he was running excited is what I was understanding, and he ran out of the balcony window. He landed on the the other set of apartments underneath that apartment. Oh. Those buildings there are taller and shorter and all that stuff. Yeah. Sorry, I haven't quite figured out the whole microphone thing yet. Yeah, so, dude, I'm trying to get like a, so these, the stands that I have, guys, y'all can't see this, but it's literally just the like a, a small stand that just it goes straight up, right? There's no adjustability of it. I want to get one where it kind of clamps onto the table and then kind of has like the little arm to it where you can adjust it and move it closer so you can lean back in your chair. And you know what's crazy, Josh? Is you are you are talking to an ex-tweaker, so I could make you anything you want. <laughs> Dude. And I still get, I still enjoy doing it. I just don't do the drugs anymore. Okay. So I like fixing things and building things, but I could definitely design you something that would make these fold out or fold in or come up, coming down. Dude, because okay. they have them in Goodwill all the time, like like these things here. Oh, yeah, he's pointing. Uh, for those who can't see it, he's pointing to a, a tripod that I have. Yeah, so they make them that adjust up and down, forward, backwards, like the GoPro sticks. Mm-hmm. I'm saying you, I could make something to go on this. I know I could, hundred percent. So okay, tell me, t- walk me through how you would go about doing that because so that's interesting it, to me. It just depends on what setup you're talking about. If you wanted it to go up and down, I would get an adjustable stick. Somehow I would modify it to where it would fit in here or fit over it, and then I would build springs or a sliding plastic piece that I don't know what it's called, but it's in. I don't know if you've ever seen the extendable mops or anything like that. Uh huh. Yeah. So it would let it go up and down. Okay, I know what you're or talking about. If you wanted it to 
have like the little arm yeah, type you, thing. Yeah, I would just build something that would let it sit there. I can't really explain it technically. But the fact but that I, you know how to. <laughs> oh, I could definitely do it. You give me the right stuff to do it with. We'll hit Goodwill up. We got this. Dude, we have, I have to do that, man. Yeah, we'll be, sitting, we'll be sitting back in the chair like this and the microphone will be sitting right there and it'll be right in our face. Yes. It's just, an, you would, I would just build an extendable arm. Yes. See, that's what I'm looking for. Like, yeah. I, I see the stuff, like, you can get them on, I mean, you can order them, you know, Amazon, yeah, we, eBay. We could, I could build something that would kind of maybe help the sound stay in, too, like a, a sound wall. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, like, on saying. the old satellites, how it had that clasp behind it, or the uh-huh. big, the circle thing behind it? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It would catch the volume better, maybe. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, kind of, it would uh, at least bounce the your voice off of it into the mic. I know huh. that I don't. I don't know a lot of the technical words, and people are probably going to be like, "You don't know what he's talking about. You don't know what he's doing." But <laughs> I, mean, I was going to say, like, I'll show you the pictures, and you know, we'll probably eventually get this to where he has video, and then you know, if you want me to, I'll make you a video, <laughs> showing you exactly how I would get it done. Dude, it may not be the professional way because I did learn it while I was doing drugs, but one hundred percent work. So here's the moral of the story, guys. If this guy sitting across from me right here can learn how to do this on drugs what's stopping you if you're not on drugs just get up off your butt and do it yeah. and i'm talking to myself now too because it took me forever to get this podcast started man be motivational motivation Motiv- motivation is the uh, is one of my f- favorite keywords out there if you're not motivated you're not doing nothing you're gonna just sit there and watch tv or eat another tv dinner Screw that. I want salmon. I want steak. I want filet mignon. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I don't want to I don't want to eat TV dinner my whole life. I did enough of that as a kid. Mm. I mean, there was nights that I went to the refrigerator and there was no food. Mm. That's not something wow. a 7-year-old should ever have to go through. Wow. You know, say go to bed hungry. My kids will never go to bed hungry. I, I'll steal before that happens. <laughs> and I know that's not the way to go, but if it came down to it, push come to shove, Walmart's going to be a couple packs of lunch meat shorter or whatever it is. Dude, oh, let me let me throw this out because, uh, for, for, okay, are you familiar with the at least the book uh, Le Miserable? They made some movies off of it. There was a movie that was made a couple of years like well, there was a a, a musical that was made. I'm familiar with Labyrinth? <laughs> I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not. Uh, not quite, but uh, I mean, maybe we could make some connection there. But I'll say this much: so Le Miserable it was written by a dude named Victor Hugo, okay. French guy. I've obviously read the uh, I read the book. I think it was the abridged version, so it didn't have all the details. But um, it was the translated version because I don't read French. But anyway, the basic story is this: There's a guy named Jean Valjean, and he's the main character of the story. He's the protagonist. Okay. And initially in the story, he goes to jail uh, because he had punched his fist through a um, a bread store or a bakery, basically, and had robbed some uh, loaves of bread. And in doing that, like he, so he smashes the glass, and this is a fictional story, but smashes the glass, grabs some loaves, his, his arms bleeding from the, the cuts that he received from the glass, and he's, he's running off. He gets caught by the police. Now, the reason he stole the bread was because he was trying to feed his starving family. He had kids and, I think, a wife at the time that were starving, and so he needed to give them food. He wasn't doing it for himself. He was doing it for them. That's the only reason he was willing to do that. So he gets caught, gets put to, sent to prison, I think he either he either escapes or he gets out of prison like he serves his time. And then he comes across a, I think it was a Catholic priest. The Catholic priest takes him in. Uh, it's been a while since I've read the story, but it's an interesting story because he gets taken in by a Catholic priest. Uh, the priest is kind of trying to give him like a second chance at life and trying to encourage him. But Jean Valjean 
is tempted to kind of go back to his old ways. So he steals some of the valuable, like, um, what is it, the lamps or the little uh, candlestick things that are like silver and stuff that the priest has in his home. He steals those, put them in his backpack, runs off in the middle of the night, and then the police catch up to him because they're like, who's this shady character? And, ooh, what have you got? And so he's going to jail. Well, they bring him back to the priest and they're like, hey, we caught this, you know, this, this scoundrel who stole your stuff. Now the priest looks at him and goes, no, 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 no. He goes, officers, he didn't steal this from me. He goes, he didn't steal this at all. He goes, in fact, I'm glad you came back because you forgot to get this stuff too. And so then he goes back and he pulls a few more of his, his items and he gives them to Jean Valjean and he tells him uh, under, you know, he kind of whispers it to him, but he's like, you're a changed man. You're not going to go back to this. Use this and change your life. And so the whole story of, of Le Miserable, and dude, I'm getting chills just thinking about it because this was one of my favorite books when I read it. Okay. It still is. But he ended up changing his entire life um, and became like the mayor of a city and stuff like that. Like he changed his whole name and everything. Like everything about his life was different. He was helping people out. And the, the story is so epic. So guys, read the book. Uh, just read the book. And the, the, the funny thing is the police officer, who I forget his name, Oh, man, I'm kicking myself right now. But the police officer just could not wrap his mind around the fact that a former criminal had changed his ways and repented, essentially. He's like, there's no way. Once a criminal, always a criminal. Once a criminal, always a criminal. I'm going to call bull crap on that because... The, exactly, and that's the whole point of the story. Like, some people do get really far into it. You know, It's like my brother, he just signed for 20 years of his life. Wow. Because he's a repeat offender of you know assault, bodily... Uh, assault with causing bodily injury or something like that. Mm. But it's the seventh charge. So they wow. just threw 20 years at him. And he's going to do day for day on that. Wow. He's already spent half of his 34 years in jail or in prison. Wow. So oh, my goodness. Some people get conditioned to that. They, they are, they're only comfortable when they're... You know, in they, that environment. Yeah, they're... they're I don't know how... I, I There's no way I could do it. I don't even like being in the bathroom for too long. It's too small, bro. <laughs> it's not for me. I don't like it. I don't like being in tight spaces, but... See, there's something about that. It's like if it. I've heard people say it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. And if you have a choice between them, it's like, well, I'll go back to the devil I know. So I'll go back to prison. Like at least I know how things work there. Yeah. It's like that's kind of that's a sad reality, but there's something to that. There's a psychology to that. It's once again, it's it's his fault the decisions he made, but he was conditioned that way. He was taught mm. that it was okay to do drugs and sell drugs and be a part of that life, and. I mean, you know, I just luckily, knock on wood, <laughs> I walked away from that ten-year habit and ten years of no. I'm saying, I'm sorry, twenty-two years of madness huh. because I was, you know, I didn't do drugs up until I was eleven, like hard drugs. But yeah, except for the fact that they were. I walked away from it clean. I've never been charged with anything. I don't have nothing on my record. Only yeah. tickets I've gotten is since I've been up here in Ohio because people don't know how to drive. That's true. Shout dude. out to the no driving people of Ohio. Of Ohio, dude, I've heard so many complaints. So I'm in northern Kentucky. I'm right on the edge, like a seven minute drive to to uh, downtown Cincinnati when there's no traffic. Yeah. But I keep hearing everybody, even people who live in Ohio, are like, "Man, these Ohio drivers." <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't. They wouldn't make it in Texas, man. They don't. They, do they wouldn't? You just you gotta stay with traffic. You gotta flow with traffic in Texas. They'll run you off the road. They don't care. <laughs> and that's where I learned to drive. So I'm just like, man, please get out of the way. It's, and it's sprinkling people. <laughs> and they drop. They drop like 20 miles under the speed limit. I'm really passionate about this because it drives me nuts. <laughs> Was that a pun? It drives you nuts. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, huh. Dad Josh, joke Josh is trying to figure out if he's a real black belt or not. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> now, okay, so I'm, uh, for those who maybe are curious, um, and I think I may have mentioned this on, on the podcast before, but I lived in Abilene, Texas twice. There's a, a Dias Air Force base down there, and my dad was Air Force. And so we were stationed there twice, and I think it was a close to about, it was about six years the first time around, about four years the second time. So a little over 10 years, I think, total. Um, of, of down there in, in a small town, Abilene, Texas. You can get from one side to the other in 15 minutes. Coincidental because I know people in Abilene. Really? Yeah, I had went to a church with a a girl that was from Abilene, Texas. They would come down like four times a year. They had a little cabin down in Somerville. Okay. And I met her. Her name was, Sh- I want to say Shelly. Dude, if it was Shelly, that, that's my mom's name. That's my aunt's name. Huh. No way it's your mom. There's no way. Yeah, you met my mom? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Is that just your, just, not even trying to be funny, but has your mom had a breast reduction? No. Okay, cool. Then it's not her. It's not her yet. <laughs> We're not going to say any last names, but she had to get a breast reduction because her, you know, her breast was so large that it caused her to have back problems. Ooh, yeah. man, that's got to be rough. She had like triple F's or something. It was ridiculous. Oh my goodness. I mean, I was like, "What do you want me to do with these?" <laughs> I'm just kidding. We were never in any relations like that. Huh. But uh, see, that, that does again. Shout out to my my aunt Shelley, who again had breast cancer. Um, did not have to have a surgery removing her breasts. And I, again, this might sound crass to people, but there is something to that. Like that's a that's a symbol of femininity, and it's really rough. It's like, you know, t- removing that. I think I've, I've heard of women talk about this. It's like just the idea. It's like you're losing part of who you are as a as a as a, as a woman. <laughs> and that's a controversial statement to make nowadays. But I mean, that's what I believe. Uh, so it's uh, yeah no. Uh, she definitely made it through and fought all the way through it. Yeah, yeah, she made it through. So she's uh, in, what do you call that? I can't remember what it's called when you're in, uh, not recovery. but is it remission? Remission. remission. So she's in remission. Congratulations I, on that. Yes, yeah. So she's, yeah. She's Stay got, strong and all that stuff because it's, mm. it's it's hard. I've watched people, I've watched so many people, good people go to waste mm. because of cancer and drugs and just. Ooh, is this your, is this your ride? Yeah, so what I want to. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. You can go ahead and answer. Let me answer. All right. So, guys, this might be the end of the first uh, first session of this podcast. So, we'll, if so, we'll wrap it up here. But you're gonna have to stay tuned because we're gonna be doing a part two of this at the very least. We've been a part three, part four, and who knows from there. All right. So, I wanted to end this on the note that anybody going through the struggle. Anybody that's we got to get this perfect, perfect for this last part. Go anybody for it. that's yeah. going through the struggle, or anything like that, just as long as you're honest with yourself and honest with people and everybody, just be honest. It's that honesty is key because I've I've thought of a quote the other day that the hardest thing to do is face truth. So Ooh. a truth, I can't remember how I worded it, but it was so it was so great. The hardest thing to do is face truth. Yes. Some, sometimes the truth is easier if you don't, if you hide from it. That's what it is. Sometimes the truth's easier if you hide from it. Mm. So don't hide. Speak your mind. Be nice and stay off drugs. Because this time, 10 years ago, I was a, I was a motherless child and all this stuff. And it's just... Mm. It's not something I would wish on my worst enemy or anybody's kids. So take care of your kids if you have kids. If you're wanting to have kids, don't have them unless you're 100% committed to taking care of them. Mm. Because for somebody else to have your children in this life, it's one of the hardest things I've ever had to deal with. But they're safe. 
and they live in a beautiful home with a beautiful woman that I will love to the day she's not here anymore. Hmm. And like I said, people just be nice, be honest with yourself and be happy. That's the, that's about as much as I can don't do drugs, please. <laughs> I, 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 I can't implore. Is it implore? Yeah. I can't implore that to more than and to anybody, you know, just don't do drugs. Mm. It, I've seen just, I've seen way too many things in this life that it, probably shock a lot of people Hmm. that a kid had to witness and do but that's about all i can do tonight because my ride has just arrived and she's not a very patient woman (laughs) so guys we're gonna we're gonna i'm just gonna end it there i I don't think i can come up with a better closer and stay tuned for the next episode because we're going to be recording that soon hopefully tomorrow 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 evening for sure 100 percent. so and i'm going to post it as soon as i can get it uh get it recorded and put it put it on spotify and apple podcasts and i'm uh gonna bring my own headphones so i might be a little bit better on the whole sound thing (laughs) (laughs) there we go all right man and i wanted to shout out to my buddy josh green he's he's going through things that people won't understand but he's doing good for himself he's He's a beautiful person. It's people like oh, him that keep me going on this planet that everybody calls this world. I don't get it, but <laughs> he's, he's one of the uh, smartest and coolest people I've ever met. So, oh, thank you, man. Yeah, we're going to keep you. I'm going to end it there. All right, guys. Tune in next time, and thank you.